Welcome to the Suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And, and this, this is, is Suburban Pod. Pod. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. And follow us on Instagram at Sub underscore Urban Pod. All right, enjoy. Bougie Hotep Queens, or are you going to help me come dig up these ancestors? <laughs> and then my personal favorite. Out of pocket for that shit. Way out of pocket. What do you gain from that? I've been searching for the perfect sound to when we cross the line, and that's finally it. Like, we say some wild flago shit. Just... Out of pocket for that shit. <laughs> Way out of pocket. What do you gain from that? <laughs> Um, but yeah, this shit is intense, man. But so, what inspired your whole dating advice? Or people don't really know. Oh, what they talking about was we ain't gonna say his name. Oh, and I talked to him for like an hour, and I was just telling him about my uh, dating situations and stuff like that. And then he was like, uh, "Man, this is what you need to do." He was like, you need to just go up uh, to a girl. This is what I do. I just go up to a girl and be like, hey, put my number in your phone. And I was like, bro, I don't I don't think that's going to work for me. And he was like, no, nah, bro, it works. I was like, no, nah, it works for you. That, that takes a certain level of confidence that I don't ever have. And that shit would not work out well at all. That's what inspired the tweet of when I said that. Like, I don't think... <clears throat> people always give advice that works for them Mm -hmm. that it would only work for them my the best bet for me is to take it slow with somebody and then just do it like that they naturally just uh not fall for me but they I, i display traits that they like going off the rip ain't gonna work for me yeah, taking other people's advice is very circumstantial and personal. Yeah, so that's why I was like, <laughs> people giving me like dating advice because like slowly but surely I'm becoming one of my only friends that's single. So everybody thinks they have advice for me and none of it <clears throat> takes into account my personality at all. Welcome like, you- to my world. Can you imagine me just going up to a girl knowing all the anxiety problems and the fact that sometimes I stutter when I get anxious? Be like, can you put my number in your phone? Like, nigga. Out of pocket for that. Way out of pocket. What do you gain from that? Yeah. I mean, once again. No one knows what the fuck they're doing when it comes to this dating shit. Like, shit works for different people because of, of multiple 
different variations and and uh not variations variables like personality timing circumstance the other person's personality like it's a bunch of different shit that goes into why certain people uh have easier times dating than other people yeah and the people who have easier times doesn't necessarily mean that they know what they're doing it just happens to work out for them like their odds are just a little bit better than other people's but it's it's not because they got some secret code or <laughs> they got the code you know like but the other thing is i was also watching i start watching love is blind or whatever yeah i've seen i think the first I think the first episode is what I watched, and I was like, this shit is a lot. I know. I was like, I can't. I can't. Because, for one, the premise of, oh, these people are just going to find out uh, personality-wise if they fall in love. Be like, okay, but let's get some normal-looking people also. Like, let's not get, like, Instagram models. Of course, course you're going to take a shot of, like, knowing that. At least the other person is beautiful. Right. Be like, okay, yeah, I'll fall for your personality. Yeah. What kind of bullshit is that? Yeah. And then, I don't know. Go ahead. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, I don't know. It felt. Mm, I can't put my finger on it. Circle around and then we can pinpoint it. But I really hate that they had to use like the one black couple or black pair as like the one with the, you know, the, I guess, out of the box right kind of like love story. Like, why does this man have to be the one that like has this big secret that he's not going to reveal until the end? It might be the fact that I knew the secret going into it, but all those sides were there on the first one. But yeah, I could see that. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it was not far fetched, right? It was that made total sense. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, what's the one couple that everybody is like rooting for? The interracial one, yeah, Cameron and what's her name? I can't remember her name anyway. Um, they're the most solid but still at the same time they fell for each other really hard really fast like he was emotional <laughs> he was so emotional on the in the first episode like I haven't gotten past the first episode but I'm just like where are y'all going from here like y'all are already engaged on the first episode and then the whole show was only done over the span of like a little over a month right so i'm just like and then plus you don't have your phones you don't have all this other shit so it's just fully invested in falling for somebody which is not realistic at, at all right so i don't know but that's also how like because i used to love the real world that's how they used to do too. Them niggas used to be caked up from the beginning. Yeah, it felt real, real worldish. But another thing too that I thought was stupid was like um, them going back and talking to the group about who they were clicking with. Right. Like I felt like that kind of like 
puts a whole wrench in the entire process because you're supposed to be like getting to know people for who they are and it's not really I don't think it's conducive to be hearing things about the same people that you're talking to from other people's accounts like that should have pissed me the fuck that off. that makes it so messy and that's why like I was wondering if um that one situation um is the blonde girl I don't remember nobody's names the blonde girl, she's she's like thirty four. She clicked with like the twenty four year old dude, mm-hmm. and like they were clicking really hard. And then she kind of started like feeling away about um, what's his name, Bryson Brent. Is it Barrett? Yeah, she started feeling away about him, and then they were talking in their little group. And I th- and I f- it feels like to me like the other dude wanted to like because he heard like Barrett talking about her. Or I don't know, was it the other way around? I don't know. It just feels like the other dude like decided to just like spew out like some feelings for her. And it's like, okay, are you saying this because this is how you feel? Or are you saying this because you know that now you have competition and you're trying to, you know, like, I don't know. It's too many, too many wrenches in the show to really make it like a truly blind love experience. I don't know. Love bombing is a common technique in the real world also. <laughs> Let me just front load all this love and see if this <clears throat> bitch fall for me. I got to quit saying bitch. Well, I say bitch a lot. It's been bothering me lately. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Because it's just like, man. Because I don't want it to seem like I'm just using bitch as like only for women. Like, I try to use it both ways. Because you can be a bitch ass nigga. But. Oh no, I'm trying to re-examine some stuff because I'm about to start dating again. But are you? Yeah, it's time. I've uh done the, the investment in myself and mentally, and it's time to get back out here. But I just got—I ain't gonna do a social media date. I'm gonna try to have actual meetups with people. Hmm. Get involved in the community. How are you gonna do that? Uh, the first step, like, I'm trying to start networking. Like, last week, after we got done, I went to that, uh, that production meeting with Valley Sounds, because they have a, an open production meeting. Mm-hmm. And so I went, and it was a whole bunch of other podcasters there. And I met the dude who does know Huntsville. He was cool. Uh, I met uh, T-Mill, who does his podcast. And I met the people at Spice Radio. So, yeah. So, starting to build networks. I was talking to T. Mill. He was like, we need to do a, he was like, we need to do a podcast meetup of everybody in Huntsville. I was like, yes. Yeah, we do, but we actually need to do it. <laughs> I feel like we talk about a lot of shit with a bunch of different podcasters. Yeah, it's, I feel like that's just a media thing in general. Like everybody has these ideas and they talk about them, but like when I was at that meeting, they were talking about it because they were talking about doing a uh, an event like next month sometime, hmm. and all the all the local artists and getting people in, and they talked about like with the quantiphonics how it's hard to have that many people get together at yeah. one time. So it's the same thing. Because, hell, it's hard. Me and you get in the same room at times. Yeah. So throwing other people into it, it's going to take 
damn near act of Congress. But if we could get it done, that would be dope. It needs to happen on just like a common, like the most common day off for most people, which I know is hard for people like me and you who don't have like conventional work schedules. But it needs to happen on like a Sunday or like a Sunday night or something. Yeah. So. Speaking yeah. of which, are you going to go to Chance's party Saturday? I'm going to try. So I completely forgot that this week was March and I did not request a day shift. So they got me scheduled night shift. So I'm going to see if I can not be a closer because I'm like a chronic closer now Um, and try to get there as soon as I can. Even if I'm not a closer, I probably won't actually get off work till like 830 or nine o'clock. I'm not, getting, I mean, I'm not getting there to eight. Y'all will probably still be hanging out. But. Like I'm not leaving Liberty until eight. So, um, yeah. Kathy asked me the other day, where are you coming? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm gonna try my hardest to be there. If I can't, I'm gonna at least try to like switch my shift first. But if not, I'm gonna try to be like first one out of there. Cause if I close, I'm not going to get off till like after 11. But um, this fucking month has crept up on a nigga. Yeah, it did. I was <laughs> same, like, cause I didn't realize it was all this week too. And then the monthly bills is a fucking bitch. Man, I feel like they like the month of March. They need to give like a couple extra days. I know. It's like, give us a grace period. February wasn't what it what it was supposed to be. <laughs> it we it didn't have thirty days. Help us out. Give us like right. two extra days to pay y'all. <laughs> I need some time on my rent. Man. Yo. Never mind. <laughs> Bruh. Fuck bills. I hate bills. I don't mind my rent because my rent is cheap as fuck. I'm going to take that out. Because <laughs> it's way cheaper to live here than my apartment. Yeah. My apartment was almost eight. Oof. Hell no. In the last couple of months, it was seven sixty five. That's a lot of fucking money. For an apartment in Huntsville, Alabama. Right. Now it was a dope apartment. True. But I'm mad I never, you never came over. I don't know why. Me neither. You never invited me. <laughs> I don't think you, I don't think you invited anybody. No. Only like three people ever went to my apartment. <laughs> it was, I don't know, man. That was like my little like safety place. Yeah. That's like, cause I finally got my own spot. It was like, man, nah, I'm just going to go chill. Yeah, when I get my own spot, trust and believe, I ain't going to be having just a bunch of people over. It ain't like... Select few. Yes. It's like the... Uh, you have to build your own community. <laughs> you have to protect your energy. Like, chances to be having all kind of crazy oh, people over man. here. man. Too many, too many spirits in the I place. <laughs> too many demons. <laughs> they were everywhere. But it was like, I don't know. This this place feels different. I think it's just because going into the spirit of this is this was the hang spot. Yeah. So I always try to leave it like open to where people want to come through. They can come through. Maybe it'll be the hang spot this weekend. It'll be the after party spot. I thought about that. This should be crazy. <laughs> Bro, 
I voted yesterday. I voted for Bernie. Did you? How do you feel about that? I just didn't give a fuck anymore. I like I just wanted to do that shit. Just say fuck it. I knew he was gonna win. I mean, he was gonna lose Alabama anyway. But yo, the last couple of weeks have been crazy politically. Yeah, especially like. I wanted to talk about this last week when Elizabeth Warren, get the gat, get the gat, get the gat, <laughs> came out and fired on Bloomberg. And now that nigga dropped out today. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Damn. Yep. And the funniest part is now that I can use the clip, it's even funnier knowing that he's out of it. Yeah. Shit. I saw that um, Biden won. Texas. Yep. He lost Cali, but he's got the momentum. Then plus now that everybody else is dropping out, they're all endorsing him and he's assembling the Avengers of campaigners. He had Beto out there. He had Pete Buttigieg. And what then is, what is happening? And then when he win, he gonna have Obama. Yo, all hands on deck. What is happening? But a billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. Wait, I'd like to talk about who we're running against. A billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. Democrats. The crowd. The fucking beat, though. Bro. Who has a history his tax returns of harassing women and of supporting racist policies like redlining and stop and frisk bro whoever added the ether beat to that shit is a fucking genius because she let that chopper fly and somehow that still wasn't the best hip-hop moment in uh rap i mean in politics because tom steyer having that concert with juvenile is the craziest shit I've ever fucking seen in my life. He had the unedited version. <laughs> Back that ass up. What is this world come to? He was like, I'm trying to get these niggas out here. I would get Yolanda Adams and Juvenile and throw a concert. Right before primary. Uh, I don't know. I just, I felt so. It's It was too much. I felt so out of the loop on everything that has happened politically for the last like year it's because you can't like if you pay attention to this shit i got overwhelmed yeah i had to cut out and i'm a fucking nerd like with all the trump shit i was like i cannot it just i was every day i was it was i don't even know can't even explain it it's because it's anxiety inducing and you see no results happening so of course you're gonna get tuned out that is exactly what it was but the whole thing is everybody gotta fucking vote i mean in november, in november I, yeah i haven't missed a like, november election i was whoever won i was i'm gonna vote for so it is what it is um my dad is funny man like i went over to their house monday and they were watching MSNBC. And you know like how when uh, white people talk about their parents being radicalized by Fox News? Mm-hmm. My father has been radicalized by MSNBC and is just convinced that Bernie Sanders is a fucking idiot. And no 
nobody would vote for Bernie Sanders in the South. And then that's what I was like. I'm voting for Bernie Sanders. <laughs> what did he say? He didn't know what to say. And then, like, I laid into it. And then, like, I wasn't going to vote for Elizabeth Warren until recently. Yeah. And I, I still like Elizabeth Warren. It's just, I was like, man, fuck it. Let's go radical. And so, like, he was just saying, but he's not going to win. I was like, okay. They don't fucking matter. Like, what y'all don't get is people our age are tired of y'all bullshit, too. Yeah. Now, I ain't going to say that to that nigga's face. <laughs> because respect. That won't go over well. Right. But it's the same thing. And then he was like, he was talking about he was going to uh, vote for Bloomberg. I was like, what? But they, they ended up voting for Biden. Because like, a couple weeks ago, he was like, Biden ain't got a chance. Because that's what MSNBC was saying. Even though everybody knew Biden was going to win South Carolina. Everybody knew. Even though the media tried to act like they didn't know. Black voters in the South are going to vote for Biden. That's but our still, nigga. I just feel like even <laughs> even if propaganda's out here telling you that a certain candidate doesn't have a chance, if you really want that candidate to have a chance, the point is you're supposed to vote for him. Right. Like you're not supposed to vote for what is the best option to going down the, the line. The media is telling right. you is happening. And if and I don't believe shit until I see it now because I never would have thought Donald Trump would be president of the United States and if we had li- listened to the media both Fox News and everybody else they were saying he wasn't going to win he wasn't going to win that nigga won and fucked up the world bro this coronavirus shit is scaring the fuck out of me yeah because and when you do jobs like me and you do and you interact with that many people. Man, do you, my hands have literally been cracking because of how much I've been me washing too. my shit. Because not only do you deal with people in like paperwork, but I deal with people's food. Like I touch food that people have eaten off of and like cups that they've drank out of. And I shit. go inside of a jail each day though. Yeah. <sighs> and niggas be sick as fucking jail. Oh, hell yeah, they do. And then they'll like, they'll come and they'll be like, can't say nothing, but they have something that you don't want to get. Mm. Well, it'd be people in there with all kind of shit, AIDS, everything, and it'd be people sick, coughing behind that glass. Well, hey, nigga, cover your fucking okay. mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but this Corona shit is scared the fuck out of me, and we got this incompetent ass nigga running the fucking uh, world. That's making it worse. That nigga said. Did you see, I I liked a thread today about it, um, this person in, um, I want to say, I don't know what part of Washington, but basically they were given the runaround, so he had been exposed to the coronavirus, and he already, I think he said he already had bronchitis, mm-hmm. um, which makes it even, you know, makes you more susceptible if, you're, if your immune system's already compromised, obviously. And he was saying that he felt like, um, what? Why is my Twitter telling me that my tweet didn't send? I didn't send any tweet. Um, how do I see my likes? Is that on my profile? Yes. Um, he felt like that he might have the virus. Okay, yeah. Okay, never mind. It's not. It's not a man. It's a lady. So, she said, "I live in Seattle. I have all symptoms of COVID nineteen, which is coronavirus." 
the strain that's killing niggas um, and have a history of chronic bronchitis. Since I work in a physical therapy clinic with many 65 and older patients and those with chronic illnesses, I decided to be responsible and go get tested. This is how that went. She said, I called the Corona hotline, was on hold for 40 minutes and gave up. So I looked at the CDC and Washington public health websites. They told me to see a primary care doctor, but there's no information about testing. I called two primary care doctors. One told me they don't know where to get testing and that I should not, that I should not to seek out testing. What? I don't know. She left out a word. The other one told me to go to an urgent care or ER. I called the urgent care. They also had no idea where tests are, but told me to call the hospital. I called the hospital. They did not have tests, but transferred me to the COVID-19 hotline to answer my questions, quote unquote. Since I was transferred on a medical provider line, I actually got through progress. The lady with the hotline was very kind and professional and understood my concern about my own health and those in my clinic which is currently being sanitized. However, I was told I do not qualify for testing and I was not given a timeline or info on current resources. So who does qualify? Those who have been out of the country in the last 14 days and those who have had contact with one of the few people who have been tested and come up positive. That's it. The only way I can get treated is if treated is if my symptoms get so bad I develop pneumonia or bronchitis which is very likely in my case then I'll be in the ER and quarantined for several days while waiting for a test and for the results to come back this is all incredibly frustrating because I'm trying to do everything right in a system that punishes moments of weakness like taking days off it's also scary to know that I won't be able to get help until I need life support to sum up this is not contained no one knows what the fuck is happening I can't work wash your fucking hands right like it's, so that like our president is this is why it pays to actually have a smart president yeah like somebody who's intelligent so we can regulate this shit yeah can, you know fix stuff maybe get a hold on this and not let it become an epidemic <laughs> yeah like and then he's doing everything wrong and he's like, um, did you see the other day they um he they had an open meeting and he was like, I've been hearing from people that it clears up when the spring happens and people are and no. he's like, Nigga, that's not a common cold. It's a virus, my nigga. Right. Like. And he, he, this nigga also in the same meeting was like, So we can't use the flu we the flu vaccine we have now and try to tweak it to make it more to fit the coronavirus and like that i know they had to be like this got to be the dumbest nigga on the fucking planet Stupid, like bruh (laughs) that's like saying like oh we can't use a flu shot for someone who has aids right (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) oh it's called a flu shot because it works for people with the fucking flu and that's it it's like on half baked to be like i mean they are scientists (laughs) what the fuck are you talking about Man, like, yo, there's like, no reason that this should be as scary as it is. Like, we should know what to do if we feel symptoms. Testing, we should know how to get tested for this shit. The fact that this person had to get like that much of a runaround in Seattle, right? In Seattle, if Seattle ain't got this shit figured out, the Alabama, Alabama damn, sure, <laughs> Alabama damn, sure don't know what the fuck to do. They just gonna ship your ass off somewhere. Yo, like, they'll straight shut this whole state down. 
well, bitch, you're going to China where everybody else got it because we don't know what to do for you. And then everybody hates Alabama's guts. You think they going to come save us? Right. They don't give a damn about us. Our hillbilly asses. I know. Like, they're a drain on the economy. <laughs> That's where all the welfare is at. Right. Which is true. <laughs> and it ain't from niggas. If you look hmm. that shit up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they'll leave our ass behind. And then we're in Huntsville, which might make the cut, but <laughs> barely. Right. They ain't going to Barlow Bend or <laughs> Jackson, Alabama to save niggas. <laughs> so late. They ain't going to Sheffield. <laughs> so late. So Livingston, late. Alabama is <laughs> a hot zone. <laughs> Woo. But yeah, and then this shit got me scared of everybody. I just be walking through and be like, "Niggas, give me heebie-jeebies." <laughs> everybody that cough, I be scared as fuck. Straight the fuck up. Some bitch coughed on the back of my neck the other day at work. I was like, "Uh, uh, See, I'm sick now. It's probably what the fuck is going on, shit. <clears throat> just the idea that I can't even get tested yeah. to see if I got coronavirus. They they're going back and checking with people that had the symptoms and running their their uh, testing in to see if they have it. Like this shit is scary as fuck. And then you got these hillbilly ass Fox News watching Donald Trump uh, dick riders uh, just saying it's. I heard it's, it's uh, more people are gonna die from the flu. I'm like no, no, fuck they aren't. No, because you can get tested for the flu. Right, and we have vaccines. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then, uh, I think they said, like, 300,000 people die from the flu each year. That's still a crazy number. Right. But the rate that we're talking about coronavirus is 0.2% killing people that have it, which I can't remember the numbers right off, but it's more than that. Mm-hmm. Like, if it goes to full-scale pandemic. And people are just... People are... The, the worst part about Trump being president is he is a known liar. And he is a known fool. And the problem with that is people look for the president to be a leader on issues like this. Mm-hmm. And to make people feel calm. He is not making anybody feel calm. Yeah, I mean... If he's not giving any kind of like instruction or guidelines on what to do, that just basically leaves doctors out here. That's putting it in the hands of doctors. Like doctors right. are going to have to be the ones that's actually like deciding how to handle this shit. And that's a lot. Cause I mean, and then they're, they're probably scared of getting it. Of course. <laughs> like you can't know. The fact <laughs> that like doctors have to scrub up, before surgery for like five whole minutes up right. to their elbows they, imagine how they have to deal with these patients who do have the virus like right and then you got people hoarding masks trying to sell them for profits like it's this shit is fucked up and i don't know i don't know like i don't know what to do and then Trump is spinning it to be like the Democrats are just using this for a hoax to try to scare people. Like, no, niggas are fucking scared. <laughs> it's not a fucking hoax, man. And then he said the shit about it being a hoax and then came out the next day and talked about the first American that died of it. Yeah. And then tried to say he didn't say it was a hoax. Nigga, we got you on tape. <laughs> it was like five hours before you said this shit. Uh, 
And then like, bruh, like politics aside, all bullshit. The nigga's fucking up. Uh, that's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, we just gotta get our heads out of our ass and quit acting like everybody who disagrees or admits that the motherfucker is a fuck up is like a hater. No, niggas is dying. Really. And this nigga's an idiot. Really? really? <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> the fuck, bro? Uh, yeah. And this is why I have been so disconnected from it'll drive you fucking crazy. Political shit cuz it's just like I don't even know. How do you how do you even feel comfortable like accepting such a position of power and being so shitty at it? I know, and then in the eye of it, just being like, y'all niggas can't fire me. Like, the audacity, the caucasity. <laughs> the fuck boyosity. <laughs> that reminds me of when, uh, on Twitter, that, that tweet that went viral, where somebody was like, I always add a fuck you me for a little razzle dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you me. <laughs> But, I, man, I love the way like we talk, like especially like online, like when people talk about like uh, tits and they be like, <laughs> "Them things, thank." <laughs> <laughs> that shit is funny as fuck to me. Like I saw another thing where somebody was like, "Finna is not a word. Finna 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 is not a word." And somebody just retweeted. Then why be fitted in it in? Niggas shit. on Twitter are the <laughs> fucking worst. <laughs> Did you watch uh, They Gotta Have Us? Yes, I did. Did um, you enjoy it? I loved it. So did I. Um, a couple takeaways. Um, first, we've talked about it on this podcast a lot, but I think we are in the middle of a renaissance. Yeah. Black renaissance. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll look back on it kindly because it's a lot of movers and shakers and new people coming up. It's a new generation of creator. That's coming up and we're winning awards and getting validation from mainstream media. Yeah. I had actually forgotten about the whole, um, the moonlight mishap. Right. And it's crazier now in hindsight. Yeah. Like looking back, it's like, oh my God, that was a thing. And it was so crazy. The biggest award of the night was, I don't get how they, how they fucked it up. They, oh yeah. That's what they said. They said they had a duplicate envelope of. Emma Stone winning for Moonlight. So they read that as Moonlight. But Warren Beatty was looking at it like, wait. And then Faye Dunaway just read it as Moon, I mean, as uh, La La Land. Mama, er, yeah. My bad. (laughs) But yeah. So that, and then the Black Panther thing, which had all those niggas acting crazy. And I can't wait to go back to Wakanda in two years. And then um, John Boyega being in Star Wars. Yeah, that shit was so. That's some groundbreaking shit. 
Jordan Peele winning the Oscar for uh, he got Candyman get, coming. Get up, bruh. I can't wait. Yeah, for I know because I'm still scared of Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> I will not say Candyman in front of a mirror no time soon. It was cool looking back on um, Sidney Poitier and um, I uh, wish I can't remember the English guy's name that was the first black actor to be in the was that. it Henry something. Harry Belafonte was the other guy that yeah I know Harry Belafonte but the one who was like a hundred and something yeah and good good because he was I was like man these old niggas out here aging well he was talking about doing some shit back in nineteen twenty four I was like twenty (laughs) four sheesh and Harry Belafonte got the code I gotta figure out what the fuck that nigga did he might have sold his soul to the fucking devil (laughs) I didn't um. I forgot that um, Sidney Poitier and Diane Carroll had an affair. Yeah. That shit was intense, too. If we yeah. know, like, the details of it. like She, she left... was still getting emotional about it. Right. Man, Sidney Poitier is one of my heroes, but Sidney Poitier was a fuckboy also. He was doing a lot of fuckboy shit. Who wasn't? <laughs> I know. I, I think men of that era are just... <laughs> men of this era are fuckboys. We're all fuckboys. Generational. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, Sidney Poitier is one of my heroes, and if you watch his movies now, you'll still be like, "Damn, that nigga is acting. He's acting. That nigga acted, acting." To serve with love, it's like one I of love, the most. Like my mom was the my one mom who, loves that movie. Who too. put me on to that? I love. Guess who's coming to dinner? Also, they in the heat of the night. The movie that everybody, every black person should watch in the heat of the night. The movie. And then watch the TV show, and then you'd be like, yeah, this ain't the same. Even <laughs> though the TV show is a hit, and everybody's grandma watched that t- that shit. But before I watched the movie, I used to wonder, why does every old black person love in the heat of the night? It's because Sidney Poitier rocked that shit. Yeah. When he slapped the fuck out of that white dude, <laughs> that shit is funny as fuck. <laughs> and he was just talking greasy to him like the whole Cash time, shit. like I, 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 not giving a damn. These other niggas around here might got might be shook, but fuck you, he niggas. He was definitely the Django Unchained, <laughs> right? Like fuck this. <laughs> the, the OG Django is what he was, but yeah, like it's. I just I don't know. I love like watching. It's 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 interesting to like hear these people talking about it in hindsight right. and stuff, especially like with uh, Harry Belafonte talking about like Carmen Jones and stuff. Yeah. But also like being the lead next to a white woman lead in a basically like a romantic story, but they could people couldn't handle, you know, like a black man being with a white woman. So they really couldn't be overtly romantic. Everything they had to do had to still be like, hiding in plain sight type of shit right. like the coconut thing where yeah. you had to turn it and drink it from the from same, the same part that i was like damn that's, niggas, a, that's, some shit. that's that fuck boy shit that'll get you caught up though like, right <laughs> all right nigga. <laughs> that nigga drank from the same coconut <laughs> that white woman that's that shit that i have bitches falling for you like yeah. like <laughs> he drank from the same coconut as me <laughs> symbol of our lips touching Man, that is real as fuck. Cause I can hear bitches. Like, and then he turned the coconut. <laughs> he doesn't do that for other women. I, it's only for me. 
Like, boo, he does that for everyone. everybody. <laughs> Coconuts all around. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then same with uh and Carmen Jones when he said that they couldn't he wanted to be he wanted to show just the level of intensity it was. So they of course they it wasn't like now. So they had to do certain things like when she adjusted his belt, like that mm-hmm. shit is sensual as fuck. Right. <laughs> He was, he was trying to like move her hands at first but she was like nah nigga <laughs> this mine <laughs> man Dorothy Dandridge was so fucking beautiful gorgeous like I don't even understand like you know you had to been a bad bitch she like, just like classic beauty though too Like, and these white dudes were in love with her if she was if she was alive today she would be an Instagram baddie <laughs> right <laughs> Like, she was the Instagram baddie. She was just a badass bitch. She was a photograph baddie. <laughs> Her face is literally so perfect. Like, yeah. so symmetrical. Pretty skin. Her hair body. was already, always perfect. She was just so, like, well put together all the time. This is how fine Dorothy Dandridge is. Halle Berry playing her didn't do her justice. justice yeah. <laughs> That is fucking crazy. <laughs> I read something though that said that like she struggled in her like real life, yeah, love life because of like sexual trauma, mm-hmm. and like she wasn't really she never really enjoyed sex. Yeah, um, there's a lot of similarities between her and Marilyn Monroe because Marilyn Monroe also had those issues because she was molested mm. and raped and then used as a sexual object for the rest of her life. Same way with Dorothy Dandridge, and then add on racism on top of that. So, yeah, they had a lot of tragic stories. Yeah. Um, which is sad. Mm-hmm. The other thing is interesting to see the people that passed since uh, that movie came out, since the documentary came out. So, yeah, yeah Diane, Diane Carroll, John Singleton. Yeah, damn, I forgot John Singleton had passed. And then the niggas has gotten canceled since then, like Cuba Gooden Jr. <laughs> And then you remember, oh yeah, that nigga did have a lot to do with black cinema. Uh, they didn't actually have James Earl Jones doing commentary. Because, had he? James Earl Jones is alive still. I was going to say, is he still here? <laughs> <laughs> is he still in the paint? <laughs> uh, or has he joined the ancestors? Um, also, Spike Lee. We didn't. Spike Lee is as dope as we say he is. Yeah. And, like, we don't give enough credit to his, like, the way he shoots cinema. Mm. Like, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then he pulls from so much different things and uses it. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Also, we got to put, we got to give Robert Townsend his flowers. Man, Robert Townsend is a fucking genius. Like... It's crazy to me that he isn't bigger than what he is to people. Like, people still don't really know who he is or what he's done. And when by people, we mean white people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Niggas know. A lot of people our age, too, like. They don't understand. There was a lot of shit that he was talking about that I didn't even know that he had done. And I was like, damn. Yeah. Like, he used a credit card. He went credit card debt to shoot Hollywood Shuffle. They cut it at a uh, pornography uh, studio scenes. Like, yeah. yeah, and then if you look at his just body of work, all right, he starred in the Soldier Story. He directed 
Eddie Murphy Raw. Mm. He wrote, produced, and directed the Five Heartbeats. He did Hollywood Shuffle. He did Blank Man. I mean, not Blank Man. Meteor Man. Uh, he created The Parenthood. He directed Baps. He directed Hollywood Heart. And tons of other stuff. Why isn't he like... You know, it, partially it's because he did it his own way. Yeah. And then partially... Is it because he went broke? I don't think he necessarily went broke. It's because Robert Townsend is also a little bit corny. Yeah, but a lot of niggas are corny. No, but I'll say even in his good movies, there's a lot of things like, oh, this kind of corny. Like, I mean, in the Five Heartbeats, the scene where they get pulled over and they sing the national anthem. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or in Meteor Man, when he has all... The, the uh the golden lords all have blonde hair i mean they do some next level cheesy shit but <laughs> you still can't take away from his his genius like his i'm not taking away from because especially uh hollywood shuffle because <clears throat> that's that black actor scene is fucking amazing and still it's scarily hilarious. true yeah yeah <laughs> like I like that he explained where he got the well, so I need to go. <laughs> like, because niggas need to know about Step and Fetch and yeah. those guys. Mm-hmm. Because you don't get to the level of black cinema that we're at now without, without the degradation and the all the others. Yeah. Right. Even like when they talked about Hattie McDaniels. Hattie McDaniels, yeah, granted, she played also a slave. Also a trailblazer. Right. But she also played a slave <laughs> that was talking cash shit to these white people. Yeah. Like, no, get your ass back here, Scarlet. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a revolutionary thing. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're not showing us a subservient. You're showing the sassy black slave, which ended up becoming a different stereotype. But in 1929, that shit was crazy. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine what the hell, like. <laughs> I wouldn't build for that do time. Do that shit in <laughs> that era, my nigga. Right. Oof. And then, like, they'll invite you to the ceremony, but you got to sit way up in the rafters and you got to accept your speech from your seat. And that was progress. The fact they let her in the room was fucking progress. It's, like Chris Rock said, this nigga is from the. Uh, <laughs> from the 50s, 60s, and 70s looking down saying, damn, them niggas got it good. <laughs> <laughs> right. You always got to remember the ancestors. Damn, but yeah, that was a really, I really enjoyed, like, and I know I'm late. I know it's been out for a little bit, but still. Don't matter. It was, it was, it was good. Like, I just, it just, it just makes me feel good to hear. You appreciate the struggle. And then also you appreciate the things that you experienced a little bit of, like mm-hmm. the '90s having all the gangster movies. We couldn't watch them, of course, because our parents until we got well, older. We had to sneak and watch right. them. Right. Like, I remember the first time I watched Boys in the Hood. <clears throat> I was scared as fuck. <laughs> I was definitely in my room alone. I, yep. I was like nine or ten with the volume turned down. Yep. <laughs> Knowing good and well wasn't supposed to be watching that. Now, by the time we got to like middle school, is when we started watching all of the movies because they used to be on BET. Yep, VH1. So, to this day, Mike and them still be doing Deuce from <laughs> South Central. 
like, what's your favorite hood movie? Mm, I mean, Boys in the Hood for sure, but Friday, I feel like the the Fridays, I feel like I I I because I was older. I yeah. I have a connection to Friday also because I've watched Friday so many times. Poetic justice. I can't. It's so, the problem is a lot of these movies I can't watch the end of because they be traumatic as fuck. Like yeah. I can't. I can't just watch Boys in the Hood and be okay. <laughs> same thing. I mean, Baby Boy, but same thing. The ending is always traumatic. It's like somebody always got to die. Except for Baby Boy, Snoop died, so it's kind of like the bad guy died. So it's like. <laughs> I mean, I can't be mad. Like the terrible person died. True. Um, Minister Society. I refuse to watch that shit ever again because Kane dying in the end is the saddest shit I've ever seen. Yeah, no, I I am pretty sure I have only seen Minister Society like once or twice. Yeah, it's not a rewatch for me. Mm-mm. Um, what's my favorite? South Central is up there because OG Bobby Johnson is a legend. <laughs> did you watch the original She's Gotta Have It? Yeah. I did not. That is so much better than the show. Hmm. And then it's so like the way it's shot is so revolutionary. Um, I'm trying to think. Any other hood movies that I can actually rewatch? Is White Men Can't Jump considered a hood movie? I feel like it, it, but then, yeah, yeah, it's. I think that that that's the crossover hood movie. Okay, <laughs> but it's definitely watched in every black home. So yeah, so it's a community movie. It might not be a hood movie. <laughs> um, Above <clears throat> the Rim is probably my favorite hood movie. Hmm, why? Because I have rewatched that so many times, and Tupac is a menace. Juice, it, juice. Say, oh my god! I was, I was waiting on you. My dumbass. <laughs> yeah, like juice is up there because Bishop is fucking amazing. That nigga Tupac could act his ass off. True. Like that shit. That much talent. Like he was supposed to be in Star Wars. Was he? Yeah, he had uh had screenshot. I mean, he had uh, what's it called? Yeah, when I'm casting calls for Star Wars, like as the Mace Windu character, so Samuel L. Jackson's character, hmm. George Lucas had been talking to him about being in Phantom Menace. We could have had Damn, Tupac as a Jedi. That would have been dope. <laughs> he also uh, had a had tried to get the role of Bubba in uh, Forrest Gump. Hmm. I could see that. It's a lot of like missed uh, opportunities that happen like that. Like Marlon Wayans was supposed to be Robin in uh, Batman Forever. I could see that. So they had hired him, and they, and Tim Burton had started doing stuff, and then Tim Burton left, and so he still got paid, which is another revolutionary moment in Black history. Cashing a check still after getting fired. Hey, legend at the bank is way better. <laughs> They got your jersey at the bank.
Uh, I think we should start a new segment of great moments in fuckboy history. <laughs> Dude, I think I started that last week. <laughs> this is true. Also, yeah, this is, yeah. No, I think you started that one on the episode. Uh, Maybe six weeks ago. No, what's the episode? Uh, Sorry to this man. Yeah, that is the great moment in uh, fuckboy history. Start. <laughs> So we just gonna call it sorry to this man. <laughs> All right. I'm with it. This is a tweet. I called a man sexist and he said, Thank you. You sexy yourself. Send the fucking flood. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> that ain't it, fam. Nigga, when I read that shit, I was at work and I died laughing for like a minute. Uh another one. Uh, where's the tweet? All right, essentially the girl was saying she remember one time she had met this guy and she was talking to him, and she came to find out that he was he had a girlfriend. Mm. So she met up with the girlfriend, and uh, they took pictures together and put it on Snapchat. They said this nigga responded. He said both. He responded with the picture and said both my girls looking hella good. <laughs> It was IG, my bad, because he showed it back on his story. What the fuck? Hey, man, that's a, that's how you got to handle situations like that. That's how that's why they're fuck boys. I you guess. get caught, and you just be like, both my bitches looking good. Oh, Lord. How, like, oh, niggas, 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 niggas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have any. This dude words. was white, too. Oh, shit. Niggas of Still all colors. Niggas. <laughs> Still niggas. Still niggas. <laughs> Still nigga. <laughs> Shit. I'm not black, I'm OJ. Okay. <laughs> Yo, um there's another one I had. Can't remember. But yeah, great moments in fuckboy history. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I'm ready for uh reformed fuckboys. I'm ready for fuckboys to collectively realize <laughs> their we're toxic yeah and just you know oh here's something i was gonna ask you before we got emotional last week oh shit <laughs> do you um i had read another thing where people were talking about enjoying reform fuck boys essentially hmm. like the girl was like uh thanks to whatever woman made my uh oh, man because yeah. <laughs> i love him <laughs> yeah i seen that like do you think I do think that we have to go through certain things to meet the person we're supposed to be. I mean, meet the person we're supposed to be with and be the person that they need. Mm. So how do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I like, I still be thinking about this whole situation and I'm just like, what was my role? Like, what what part am I playing in this whole thing? Is it just like learning to, uh, I guess, be more accepting of people, who they are, like realizing who people are and accepting that and realizing when you have to stay or go. Um, so, yeah, like going through shit obviously always prepares you for the next shit you're going to go through. 
I don't know. Ask me the question again. Like what? Uh, how do you feel about the idea of? Uh, I don't even know how to say it. Pretty much, do you think? How do you feel about the idea of somebody moving on from you and being a better person? I mean, I think that should happen. But I'm saying, like, I, like I've said it before. Moving like, on from me specifically, though. Yeah. I mean, honestly, anybody who comes in contact with me is going to be a better person. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, know what to go with. <laughs> Niggas give me heebie-jeebies. <laughs> Out of pocket for that. Bougie hotel queen. Are you going to help me come dig up these ancestors? I mean, I'm just saying, like. I mean, I, I feel I, the same way. I just, it's just funny I, when somebody says it. Like, I always feel that way when, like, I've seen girls be like, they start listening to, like, doper music and stuff. Be like, man, I taught you to put them motherfucking Jimmy Choo's on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who nah. taught you to get sexy for a nigga? I mean, I I don't know. I just feel like I'm such a um, bad bitch. <laughs> that is not what I was gonna say. <laughs> I am a not below the surface, but I'm a get past the surface kind of person. Like I feel like anybody that I have talked to or dated or situationship or what the fuck ever because I still don't know what, you what to call this shit but anyway um, it, it I'm always on a level with them where we have like deep thinking conversations like I feel like I'm I'm always tapping into a nigga like and, and making them think a little differently and there's no way that you can't leave me being a better person than than when you started with me. Like it's just not. Man, we really gotta start video <laughs> this shit because this shit is funny. Like y'all gotta be seeing the faces we be making when we because it makes it funnier. That's why I be dying laughing. I mean, she dead ass, but this I'm shit is funny. So, <laughs> I'm so fucking serious. Like I'm not. I'm not a superficial kind of bitch. Like if you, if me and you are vibing, we are vibing on some real shit. And I'm the kind of person that will get you to explore yourself emotionally, whether you're comfortable with it or not. Like, yeah, I'm going to make you think about some shit. And I don't know. That's just, I, that's just, that's just my energy. That's just who I am. Um, even going to friend groups with friendships, same with friendships. Um, this I'm about to get in my bag right right quick. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. Uh I think I have primed many a girl for <laughs> their next relationship. Cause like they quit fucking with me and then they be right with somebody else. It's like they've gotten comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. And then they be talking about the music I fucking listen like this is one person in particular. I ran back across her a couple of years later. She was talking about all this shit that I introduced her to. And all it was like, man, I made you. <laughs> you are who you are because of me. me. <laughs> <laughs> I put the work in, bro. I made her. Nah, that sounds 
Fuck it. It's I the mean, truth. I mean, but that that's just uh that's a human experience thing in general though. Like you should be people touch us in different ways. People that we can come in contact with touch us in different ways. So it only makes sense that people you spend a little bit more time with or have feelings for and vice versa. It only makes sense that they are or would be affected by you in right. some kind of way. I don't mind that and that's natural. I I'm more so talking about the people that are like energy vampires. Mm. The ones that just feed off of it and then <clears throat> Like every other parasite, once the host is <laughs> affected, then they yeah, move they on. Move. That's more or less what I was talking about. Because mm. it's been like three situations where that happened. And they took my energy with them. And so I'm depleted of energy. <laughs> and I'm like, I must survive. <laughs> <laughs> but it's. It's just weird when you start thinking about shit like that. Because I used to take it personal. Mm-hmm. But now I don't take it as personal. Because that's just... I, it took some growing up for me. Yeah. I Like, I don't take it as personal either lately. Especially just, like, learning about, like, mental health and being... Um, understanding that everybody has different experiences in life and everybody is who they are today because of their experiences. Like, I think that, and and not that this makes me give them more leeway, but it helps me understand that it has nothing to do with me. Like how, right. How people are towards other people. It's not always a reflection of me. No. Right. Cause I, I know for a fact that like the way I've been treated ain't got nothing to do with me. Cause (laughs) I ain't never, treated anybody <laughs> it's like, like trash it's like bro i couldn't have done this much bad in my life <laughs> like maybe in a former life maybe i was like some kind of warlord or something <laughs> but not in this life right like so yeah i don't i don't take i don't take things personally like that anymore like if somebody is just in it and i, I was thinking about this yesterday because i know like sometimes we'll get upset and say shit like you know it's not that hard to be a good person but it is that hard to be a good person if you're still hurt from some shit because hurt people hurt people but i can't let you just hurt me no 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 no. not saying that i'm allowing it no i'm i get what you're saying but i'm saying that like that helps me to understand that people are fucked up right we're all going through shit and i understand that and I guess it just took me going through my shit and trying to examine it that made me feel at ease. And I understand that struggle because for a long time I felt like I was lost. I still at times feel like I'm lost. Bro, I'm lost as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> lost AF. <laughs> Somebody find me. But you have to be in your wilderness before you get to your promised land. Mm. Get my church bag. <laughs> hey man, when whatever woman finds me, I'm be dope as fuck. <laughs> like I have done the evaluations and the assessments and I am here for it. I'm already dope as fuck. I'm just tired tired of uh these fuck boys. <laughs> tired tired of letting niggas take advantage of that. Yeah, I'm tired of that. Well not <clears throat> niggas. Well yeah, niggas. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> 
Everybody's a nigga. Everybody's a nigga. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm tired of that, too. But I'm not going to let people make me think I'm not as dope as I am. Because the evidence, the receipts are here that fly ass nigga. The receipts. Like, bro, um, I make, I create shit. No, I'm just like, <laughs> I gotta go soon. <clears throat> I guess I gotta get gas before I go to work. Me too. How long have we been recording? It's not bad. I feel like it flowed. Yeah. Other than the beginning where we. <laughs> said a couple things we got cut out but um any last like any last thing did we elaborate enough on the whole like dating advice thing did you want to i feel like did you have something specific to say or you just uh, realized some shit about <laughs> no it was actually i had been thinking about it like just the idea of people not putting them putting yourself in the perspective that they are trying to show you they're only putting their self in that perspective. So it's not taking into accountability any of your qualities or right. quirks or things <clears throat> that are about you. It's more so about if I was in your body, this right. is what I would do. Right. Like, which of is, course, this going to work for you, nigga. You got a six-pack and your credit score is 800. And I can't just walk up to these girls and be like, yo, put my number in your phone. Right. It's just like Lex said when I, I put that on Twitter. He was like, that shit only works for unicorns. He was like, goddamn right. <laughs> It's like unicorns and fuck boys. I wish that could be the title of this shit. <laughs> Russell Wilson is a unicorn. Russell Wilson is a unicorn because he is po- quite possibly the corniest nigga in the world, but is a good looking man. And is and a, athletic. Yeah. <laughs> like he's going to be a Hall of Famer one day. He hit the genetic lottery. And he knows how to treat a woman. Right. He's a unicorn. Ain't too many of them niggas walking around. I'm like a unicorn in theory, but not like the whole package. I just have like, what? I was going to say, what other celebrity unicorns are out there? Is he like the main one? Yeah, I think so. Somebody that's just like good looking. Talented, but also just a good person. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah, damn. Who is a... I honestly feel like almost every... Like, this is how I know (laughs) that dating advice is bullshit, because watching celebrities... We have seen so many toxic celebrity relationships. Yeah. I feel like we've seen more toxic ones than healthy ones. Yeah. And it's like nobody knows what to do. Like no matter how much money, how beautiful wealthy, you are, good looking, don't nobody know what the fuck is going. Right, on. the richest man in the world uh, got a divorce because he got caught cheating. Jay Z cheated on Beyonce. Brad Pitt left Jennifer Aniston for Angelina Jolie, and we saw them fall in love in the movie. Bruh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I know that they're good actors, but you can't fake some of that shit. Yeah. That, them niggas was falling. <laughs> they may not have been fucking, but they were touching. <laughs> like, I know niggas is fucking. 
I know what that looks like, and that is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. But yeah, no, no, it's just crazy when I think about like celebrity couples. But even in movies, how often do we see healthy relationships in movies? We don't, especially black ones. Yeah, it's always some. Well, you gonna have to just get let that man be a man. Like, yeah, fuck that shit. And that shit is so passed on. Like, yeah. Even to this day, my mama will say some shit like, "Well, you gotta learn to forgive people," and I'm like, "Your mama taught you that because her mama taught her that, right? Because them niggas wouldn't shit, but y'all didn't have no choice but to stay because y'all had thirteen motherfucking kids by this nigga." <laughs> And you wasn't working. Right. And so here you are. But it's a different day, honey. Yeah. We got <laughs> options, nigga. <laughs> like me, me, my cousin, and my sister were talking about this last night, but we we're just like, this is why it's so important, but also like the most difficult thing to love a black man. Because not only do we get <clears throat> things that are passed down, but so do y'all. Yeah. Um like toxic shit. Yeah. It's toxic shit on both sides. Yeah. Uh, um we didn't talk about it, but the Red Table talk with Snoop had one part that was very interesting to me when oh, he was we to watch that. He was talking about um the conflicts of being in love with a black woman and about how you literally leave your mom's house to where she has been the only woman in your life and the only woman for the most part you'll listen to. Mm-hmm. And then you go to another relationship and your whole thing is you ain't my mom. I ain't going to listen to you. Is that trauma that you carry on into like from your parents relationships that you insert into your own relationships? Yeah. Like, and I was like, that's real as fuck. Like, like so many men have been taught that, as long as they're taking care of home, women shouldn't have to question them. So right. they think that they get a pass to do whatever. In it's the like, place. I'm coming home. I ain't out here fucking bitches. I'm coming home. I'm or doing, even if I am out here fucking bitches, I'm, I'm paying home. the bills. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. It's, but that's why we have to put it on ourselves to be, to do our own work. And we can't wait around for. I feel like black women take a harder beating though when it comes to. I guess black relationships. I don't. I think it's only because you're a black woman. Probably <laughs> because you got to look at it like this. This is one of my pet peeves: the fetish fetishization of quote unquote thug culture mm-hmm. makes it to where men that don't fit that stereotype are looked at as not being black or being manly Weak. enough. Right. <clears throat> as somebody who has been told that because I don't fit that aesthetic. Mm-hmm that's part of the trauma too it's like we we fetishize all this gang culture and all this other stuff and it makes it hard to be transparent in yourself in relationships with black women because you're not being the man that they have been taught that black men are that that has been true for a while but i feel like that's i feel like it's starting to shift yeah, but then you also get on social media and people are not being authentic with themselves and just saying wild ass shit. So it plays into your psyche of being like, well, maybe I'm not mm. enough. Or maybe all this other shit. Damn, we hit a really good thing right at the end. I know, I hate it. <laughs> uh, 
Give me five, well, six minutes. <laughs> All right. All right. So, yeah, it's it's stuff like that. But I don't, I think we both have shared trauma, but I think men are able to insert our patriarchy on black women. And that's what makes it difficult. Mm-hmm. But we all play a hand in our own toxic relationships with our partners and our friends. I think what it is is that we have been um we have been taught to bear a lot of burden very openly whereas y'all aren't like you might be bearing some burdens but once again <clears throat> your shit don't be out in the open like right people people can know you know back in the 20s it might be word on the street that Bessie's husband been out here sleeping with Margaret. You know what I'm saying? And everybody know, including Bessie, but Bessie just got to take it. And Man, the old ass days be funny as fuck. Right. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's way more, um, it's way less discreet for for black women to be told to just kind of suck it up and take to like grin and bear it like that's also the way that we're taught that men are taught in the larger society mm-hmm. it's almost like back to when we were talking about the Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin thing mm. like we are taking out our aggression on the people that love us so I understand what you're saying it's just it's a duality in it of I don't know. The way that we look at, the way men look at taking care of their families is just being there, either financially or just there. In general, not doing shit, just being there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, but we also feel like we can't talk about our emotions because we'll look weak. And there are tons of women who will tell you that you acting like a F word. <clears throat> Or you're acting like a girl for being depressed. <laughs> and when you tell them stuff, they act out of these this place of hate that makes you not feel comfortable enough to tell somebody you're struggling. I hate that because I feel like I just be begging for niggas to talk. Like, what is on your mind? Like, But we've been conditioned that I don't want to hear that shit. You're a man. You're supposed to be a yeah. As a sensitive ass fucking man, it's hard dating black women sometimes. You are not the only one. Men are sensitive in general. Yeah, but I'm I'm able to open up about it because fuck it. I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I tried my whole life to be somebody different. I'm just going to be myself. And it's hard because I'm only, for the most part, attracted to black women. And dating y'all is hard too. Because you're trying to live off all this checklist of bullshit. And then they end up just bypassing all this shit and go to a fuckboy. So it's like, I only like black women, but not even being like the shit like where, like, oh, black women didn't like the things I didn't like. No, black women like the shit I like, but we'll go for other shit. Yeah. But that's just a peek into my own uh, 
fucked up relationship with my blackness. Hmm. What? <laughs> just, just like comparing experiences between black men and black women. What? Trying to like just see both sides. Yeah. It's hard because you, you can't separate your own. I can't separate my own pain or my struggles from. I don't know what it's like to be a black woman. Yeah. I try I try to listen to black women, but at the same time, it's still. All men are misogynist. It's just levels of misogyny. Mm. Like, that's why I try not to be like the quote unquote nice guy thing. Cause I'm fucked up too. <laughs> I just am more aware of how fucked up I am yeah. than other people. You can't be a man in this world and not take on misogyny and patriarchy. It's encoded in us to be a man in this world is to have women be lesser men to you. Yeah. So it's fucked up. Damn, we're going to have to continue this. I know. <laughs> Damn, we hit our stride. Yeah. Boy. Uh, I hate going to work. <laughs> Me too. This is the fucking worst. <laughs>so thank you guys for tuning in today to suburban pod if you would like to follow me on twitter you can find me at curvy brown girl and you can find me at a kid named juice some of our music today was provided by our good friend Corey battle you can follow him on soundcloud at djc battle new episodes available every thursday <laughs>